Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. All right, well, open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John. If you've got them, we're gonna go to John 8 today. We're in this series called Rumors. And here's kind of the big idea. Jesus looks at his disciples in Matthew 16. He says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they give some answers. They say, well, some say you're like John the Baptist. Others say Elijah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus looks at them. He says, but who do you say that I am? And that's kind of the preface of this series is who do you say that I am? And we called it rumors because there's so many people that have an opinion about Jesus. And as we go into Easter, we want to talk about who Jesus is. And so it's a seven week series where we're taking the I am statements of Jesus and Jesus says different times, I am. And we've got those all throughout the gospel of John. So it's kind of like, you could say it's Jesus on Jesus. It's Jesus speaking of Jesus. And so Jesus says, I am the bread of life, or I am the light of the world, or I am the gate, or I am the good shepherd, or I am the way, the truth, and the life, or I am the vine. On Easter Sunday morning, we will celebrate when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so uh, today we're in week two of that series. And so we're gonna break down, talk about where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And it's interesting because in the gospel of John, it happens twice. And so it's not just one time, but we have it in John eight, and then we have it again in John nine. So it's in this moment coming out of this story with the the famous text about the adulterous woman. And then also there's the John nine text where Jesus, after healing, The blind man says, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And so there's two different times. So today we're gonna look at two different stories. We're gonna start with this one in John uh, chapter eight. I just wanna read just verse 12 and we'll talk a little bit. Then we'll break down the whole, we'll break down both stories. Okay, you ready to go? Feel good? Yeah? All right, come on now. I know it's it's, uh, daylight savings, but we need a little, little caffeine. We gave you coffee for a reason. It's not for you. It's so that you say amen to me and then I can feel okay about myself. All right, so just kidding. All right, John, insecurity. All right, my triplet sister's right there. All right, all right, here we go. 812, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. That's it. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. That's us, right? Come on. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, we look to you today and we say, you are our light. We ask as we spend these seven weeks celebrating you, talking about you, looking to you, we ask that the light of Jesus, who you are as light, would infiltrate our heart. And God, we just confess, it's our, it's our, we're so prone to run to sin and to darkness. We ask that Jesus, who he is, would be illuminated in our heart and our minds. We pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might see Jesus, that we might know him and walk with him and love him with all our hearts. We honor you today. We give you our lives. And Radiant Church said amen. amen. All right, question have you ever made a decision that you regret? Answer to that is yes, of course. And I have found that I make more decisions that I regret 
whenever I do them in the dark. I'm gonna talk physical darkness for just a second, like, like light and dark, physical darkness, meaning that sometimes in that physical darkness, when it's actually dark, you do things that you wouldn't normally do in the light. You trip over things. Anybody ever tripped in the darkness? Anybody not been able to see when you're driving and you freak out because you cannot see, you need a light and everybody just looked at their spouse. I saw that, all right? Right, it's that moment where it's like, you, you, you're desperate for lights, right? Because we, we don't make good decisions. We don't have all the information. We don't have enough in the dark. Um, one of my stories, when I was uh, in Colorado, it was my job to lead the 6 a.m. men's prayer meeting at the church that I worked at for 14 years. And one time uh, <laughs> I got there, I, I mean, just like you can imagine, I got up and emphatically was just like, screaming like, Jesus, we love you. God, we give you our lives. And you know, there's all these men that are like half asleep, you know, like there. And I'm trying to wake them up, you know, threatening them. And, um, and I thought I did a great job. Like I was like proud, like, okay, I got them up. Here we go. All right, let's sing together. And uh, one of the guys on my staff uh, at the time who was from the UK, he walks up to me. He called me Geezer. I don't know why, but he, that was his nickname for me, which I'm sure wasn't honoring, but that's what he called me. And um, he walks up to me and he goes, hey, Geezer, what's with your shoes? And I looked down and he goes, he said, you need some glasses, mate. That's what he said. And I looked down, and I had a black shoe and a brown shoe. And I had been just like boisterously, what's up, leading on stage. And when you got little tiny kids and you get up at 5 a.m. in the dark, <laughs> you put on the wrong shoes, right? And I think for all of us, we would, could give a story. You've got a story like that. You've got a story where it's because you couldn't see. It was because it was dark. It was be that, that you made a decision that you, you wouldn't normally make. And in the Bible, you've got this language about light and darkness. And in a spiritual sense, the Bible talks about darkness as evil or as sin and as in light as righteousness or innocence. And Jesus here in John 8 would come and he's giving this idea when he says, I am the light of the world. And there's a whole lot going on here because not only is he righteousness, not only is he in a spiritual sense, light, but there's a whole Old Testament context where when he's saying, I am, these seven I am's, these are statements of being God. And so his audience in first century Judaism would have looked at him and he would have been saying, I am God, I am God, I am God. And over and over again, they're connecting it to the, Ephi the Exodus 3 text where he says, I am who I am. That's what Yahweh says when Moses is interacting and saying, who shall I say sent me when he goes and addresses Pharaoh? And Yahweh says, I am who I am. And, and they would have connected, it is it is. It is Yahweh, the, the I am. And so this is a statement of not only I am the light, but it's, it's a statement. And each time we read it, it's I am God. And you're seeing a picture, a window of what God is like, who God is. And of course, there's, there's lots of different times that we see light in the Old Testament. But one of the most famous ones is the moment in Exodus 13, where you've got the story of the Israelites and they're leaving Egypt and they're in the wilderness and Yahweh, God leads them with a pillar of fire by night. And so cloud by day, fire by night. And so he is this light 
that's leading them through the night. So wilderness, dark, but God, Yahweh, illuminates the path. He shows me where to go. It's, it's God who's, who's helping me see. And so in that context, they would know, uh, here's Jesus. And, 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 and even when you read the context here, there's this, these Pharisees and they're, they're, they're upset. They're, they're, I mean, they've just come out of this wanting to stone this adulterous woman and, and they're asking questions of Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I want you to just picture in your own life, I want you to picture the moments where you've made choices in darkness. And I know that's heavy. I want you to think there. It's kind of light and silly about shoes that don't match. But now let's go spiritual for a moment and let's really deal with this. Let's really look at those moments where you sense shame, the thought, if anybody ever knew, I don't want people to know, surely God is done with me. And I want you to know that it's that dynamic, that feeling, kind of that situation where the gospel of John gives us a story of a woman who had her darkest day. You've had your dark moments. And how does Jesus respond in your dark moments? I think that we can learn from how Jesus responds to this woman in her darkest moment. I just want us to read this text because the kindness, mercy, grace that is too good to be true, that blows our mind, that's unfathomable is what we see right here in this, in this encounter, this portrait, this moment where Jesus talks with this lady. Let's just read it together. John eight twelve says this. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Her darkest moment, caught in the act of adultery, thrown to be stoned, questioned in front of Jesus, rocks picked up, shame, the fear of death, Suddenly you're in the presence of the incarnation. I mean, Jesus, God becomes man. Lots of variables in that equation to make that the darkest moment. And Jesus says, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. You who have no sin, go ahead and throw the stone, throw the rock. Of course, the oldest recognize I'm not, I'm not perfect. I've got sin. I haven't kept the law perfectly. And then the moment of mercy. 
the moment of kindness, the moment of love that could be what you see when you're at your darkest moment. Because in that moment, Jesus says to the woman, where are those who condemn you? Where are your condemners? Where are they at? There's none. And then what I want you to hear today, well, then neither do I, neither do I condemn you. And then this phrase, go and sin no more or go and leave your life of sin. Go and let this moment where you experience mercy and kindness, let this bring change in your life. And I wanna encourage you, no matter how addicted, messed up, broken, confused, no matter what secret sin you feel like you have that you feel like the enemy says you are, you could never walk in the light. You could never follow after Jesus in freedom because you are too entangled in sin. You are too broken. You are too sinful. You are too bound. And your temptation is to believe the voice of the accuser instead of the voice of the savior. But the savior looks at her, neither do I condemn you. And in Romans eight, Paul says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And today, I just want you to, as we look at the light of the world, these verses right up to that one, verse 12, for you to see Jesus. And in the middle of her darkest moment, the light says, neither do I condemn you. If you're a part of Radiant for very long, you'll hear me tell stories uh, a lot about my dad. And one of the ones that he tells about his childhood is uh, he grew up in Butte, Montana. And, uh, and my dad, of course, had to hike uphill in snow both ways to school. Um, my dad uh, went through the Great Depression, no matter what decade it was, it was a depression in Montana. <laughs> And my dad's got more stories about how hard life is. And of course, my life was constant Disneyland compared to his. And I've heard that since I was a kid. But, uh, but my dad tells the story about having to endure every Sunday morning the most boring preacher. And of course, you can't know that. You don't experience that because... <laughs> Jamie, that was really loud. <laughs> and he tells the story about... Uh, when he was eight, he would do whatever it took to try to entertain himself while the boring pre preacher just kept talking on and on. And, and in the little church that he grew up in Butte, Montana, uh, they had wooden pews with a wooden slanted floor with at the front wooden altars. And so uh, my dad, uh, when he was eight, uh, he uh, got a spanking every Monday morning because my grandmother believed that it was work to spank on the Sabbath. And so she decided to spank my dad for his behavior every Monday morning, which caused my dad to not only hate Monday, but hate Sunday too. And, um, and so my dad tells stories of trying to entertain himself as a child uh, in church. And so uh, one of the, the ways that he did that was to bring his marbles. To, yeah, you know where this is going. He brought his marbles to church 
and had the idea to just get them out and look at them. So he got him out to look at him and when he couldn't hold them, so he pulled out the hymnal. For those of you that are under 21 and have no idea what a hymnal is, just bear with the rest of us. And he pulled out a hymnal and then he put the marbles in the crack of the hymnal so that he could look at them. And then he decided to get more marbles out of his pocket. And so when he reached to get more marbles out of his pocket at eight years old, the marbles hit the wooden floor, and then slanted floor rolled. Wooden altar at the front. Pop, 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 pop. Only to have the extremely tall preacher, which you experience every week as well, stop, lean over the pulpit, and just glare at him. And not just the preacher glare at him, but the organist uh, who, who she stopped and just glared at my dad. He's eight. Not only that, but he tells the story that as he looked up, everybody in the church was just staring at him. And so that's right, poor kid. And so then he tells this moment of mercy and kindness and no condemnation where he started to just experience this patting right here on his shoulder. Eight-year-old kid follows the big hand connected to an arm, rolls it around, and it's connected to my grandpa, which I love my grandpa because my grandpa, my granddad, five foot three, everybody, and I just I love him. And so there is a special place in my heart for my granddad. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so my dad tells the story of granddad. And while everybody was stopping and staring at him, my dad looked up at his dad and my granddad was staring the preacher down, ready for a gunfight. <laughs> like, just like, don't you? Mm. <laughs> Caught eyes with the lady on the organ, gave her the look of death. Mm. And the way that my dad tells the story is that when every eyeball was looking at him with accusation and condemnation, there was one who was like, I got you, son. I'm with you. I love you. I'm going to stare down your accusers. And I want you to see today, Jesus, in the middle of the moment where it feels like you are so messed up and broken, and your thought process is, is that if people knew the level of my secret, darkest secret, I would be hated, kicked out. I want you to see Jesus, who looks at this lady and says, where are your accusers? And basically it says, I got rid of them. Neither do I condemn you. And see Jesus looking at you, loving you. And that kind of love transforms us. That kind of love causes us to go, your grace is, is too good to be true. You reached down and saved a wretch like me. Amazing grace. How could your love, your grace, your kindness, your mercy be so strong that it would love me and save me and help me and pull me out of the muck, pull me out of the mire, pull me out of the sin, pull me out of my gross addictions, pull me out of my dark secret life. And yet the good news of the gospel is it doesn't matter how messed up, how broken you are, you have a savior. And there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You say yes to the finished work of the cross and I don't care how messed up you are. 
I don't care how defeated you feel, how addicted you are, or how long you think it's gonna be to get freedom from that thing. I want you to see this portrait of a savior who looked at this woman who had made bad decisions. These were her decisions. And I wanna make that clear because John 9 is about a guy, he didn't make the decision. But John 8 is the story of a woman that she made this decision. And Jesus, Jesus shows kindness. And then the story in John 9, where the disciples say, who, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus looks back, goes, neither. And this, the philosophical conversation is, what's the root? Why is he blind? And Jesus says, uh, this is, I, I, I want God to be glorified in this moment, this situation. And it's kind of a weird story because Jesus spits in the mud or in the dirt, makes mud and then puts the mud in his eyes, which is a weird story. And yet here's the intriguing part. Jesus then gives him a step. I think the steps are interesting because the step for this woman was go and sin no more. Step for this guy over here is go wash your eyes. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus is, he shows a miracle here for this man who needed a miracle. He gives grace to this woman who needs grace. He's, the, he's, he's filled with mercy. He is the healer. And some of you today, you're in a situation where you go, I, just, I think I got dealt a bad hand and you tend to have accusation towards God. How come my life's so messed up? You're, you tend to be mad at God. The person over here who is, entrenched in sin, it starts with usually anger towards self, but over time shifts towards anger at God. And in both portraits, in both encounters, in both stories, Jesus brings healing and freedom. And in both, Jesus does a miracle and then gives a step, gives a directive, go and sin no more. Go wash your eyes. And I wanna encourage you, all of us are on a journey you're on a journey with Jesus. Every one of us are on a spiritual journey. And, and Jesus invites you into relationship and to go on a journey. Jesus looks at you today. It doesn't matter how messed up, addicted. He wants to set you free. And, and I want you to just see this language because he, he doesn't, he looks at her and he actually doesn't say, go now and just try to be better. Try to sin less. He gives her a vision of walking in the light. He gives her honestly a vision of go and sin no more. He gives her a vision of go and be like me. I wanna invite you today to this overwhelmed state of the God who saved me, the God who loves me, the God who pulls, pulled me out of the muck and the mire has a vision for my life and he's gonna give you a vision to walk in light. He's gonna give you a vision for you to go on a spiritual journey so that, it's, so that your walk with Jesus is, is more than just, I prayed a prayer when I was 11, my soul's locked in the vault of heaven, now I'm gonna marinate on planet earth. No, I gave my life to Jesus because of his loving kindness. He showed mercy on a wretch like me. He showed kindness to a man who was addicted and broken. He showed kindness to a woman who was so far from God. And now I'm undone with who he is. And I turn and I 
follow him and wherever he leads, I'll follow. And I'm gonna, Jesus in John 8, he says, whoever follows me, he gives that language of follows me and you can walk in the light. Today, I want you to just get this vision of, hey, Jesus did a miracle for me. Jesus set me free. Jesus gave me salvation. Big word, and I know this is a little hard for us. Don't be scared when I say this word, but this is a big word called sanctification. Woohoo! now you're scared. All right, here, big word. It's this idea of, I don't want to go back. I don't want to run back to darkness. I don't want to run back to those things. I've got a vision to stay free. I've got a vision to, to not go back. And every time that I fall short, the image that I have of Jesus is he's always the loving savior. He's always looking at me saying, hey, hey, neither do I condemn you. But if grace is real, then wholehearted pursuit of God is possible. Because every time he goes, come on, come on, get your faith, look at me. No, 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 not, not what other people are saying, not what the accuser, the enemy, or the voice of other people. What do I say about you? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Get your chin up, look at me. No, but she said, but he said, but the enemy lied. Shut up and follow me. Listen, I really am that good. I really am that kind. I really will give you a fresh start. I really, I really am the way, the truth, and the life. I really can help you. I really will guide you like a good shepherd. I am the entrance to a life you can't imagine. Come on. And we go, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. Come on. Come on. Walk, walk, walk with me. I've, I've got a vision for your life that's, that's more than staying right here. And so, man, you start to get that vision like, oh, that means that holiness is possible. Ah! Yeah, no, I just want to be mad at the holiness people. No, no, no. No, the holiness people are mean people. Stop. No, you have a vision to say, ah, Jesus, you saved me. I want to step into the light like you are light. I don't want to stay here. I I want to go on a journey with you. So you lead me like a light through the wilderness. Take me on the journey you want me to go on. Light up the sky. Be my light. Show me what you have for me. And the way that you start that journey is then you just, you you start to just establish. There's a whole lot of people claiming to be lights. There's a whole lot of philosophies in our culture that claim to be light, but you establish, Jesus, you are my light. You're my light. Because when we read throughout the Bible, there's a whole lot of times that we read that Jesus is light. But I want to just ask you if he's, if, he's, if he's your light. Like that's where it starts. Just, just, let's just run through some Bible real quick because it's really fun just to see this. All right, look at this. Psalm 104. Just look at the light contrast here in the Bible, all right? Psalm 104, verse two. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. Ezekiel 127. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him. There's a great moment on the Mount of Transfiguration where they see, here's Jesus, he's walking around skin on, but for just a second, Jesus' deity burst through his humanity because look at this moment. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, <laughs> and his clothes became as white as the light. Like, wow, I just got a little vision of who he is. I just saw a little bit more of what Jesus looks like. 
There's a story in Acts where Paul is telling King Agrippa in chapter 26, verse 13, and he's saying, when I saw Jesus, back in Acts 9, that story where Jesus appeared to me on the road to Damascus, he appeared to me brighter than the sun. Acts 26 is that idea of Paul going, hi, 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 like it changed everything when I saw Jesus brighter than the sun. Revelation 1, there's a story of John, island of Patmos, vision of Jesus, and he says his face shines like the sun. So there's this whole biblical narrative about Jesus shining bright, Jesus being the light. And we can read Revelation and read about how he's light. It's who, it's a, who he is, but here's the big question. What about you? Is he the light? Is, he, is there this fascination in you that goes, Jesus, ha- open up my mind. Help me to see it. I want revelation. It's, it's pretty overwhelming when you start to think about that you can be someone who beholds more of who he is, gets more revelation of who Jesus is. When you get more revelation, you can imagine in that moment, this woman who at one moment was, I mean, just in the shame and the pain of being drugged and about to be killed and embarrassed and ashamed. But then an encounter with Jesus, Jesus gives her vision for freedom. And he says, hey, leave your lives of sin or go and sin no more. And you, you can guarantee she's like this revelation of who he is. Who is this rabbi from Galilee? I give you my life. And I'm telling you, when you have encounter after encounter of his kindness, his mercy, his love, him in the scriptures, you have more revelation where you just go, you are my light. You are the light. You are the light of the world. But I have decided that you're the light of my life. And when you get that, then you start to say, now illuminate the path. Like help me realize not just where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do with my life, which is mostly what we think about. But in addition to those things, I want you to think about how does my life start to go on the journey where I look more like Jesus, where I start to find freedom from some other things. Like I don't want those things that look like darkness. I don't want to run back to the darkness anymore. I want the light of Jesus. And so, so, oh, and one of the things I like to do in this journey is I like to come before God and just when I'm spending time with the Lord, just say, okay, God, in the last like 24 hours, like where have I missed the mark? That's kind of the definition of sin. Where, where do I not look like Jesus? Where's my life just not, oh, okay, I was angry here. I was frustrated here. I was, uh, and, and just, I don't want to confess all my sins in front of you right now. Um, but, 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 but I start to see it. And it's, it's in that moment where it's, it's actually going on that journey where you're saying, all right, I'm going to, this is the John 8 idea. I'm gonna, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I wanna be done with darkness. I don't want that in my life. Easy for us to make excuses and just tolerate and say, well, I've always been this way. You know, my, my dad was this way. My grandfather was this way. I'll always be this way. No, 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 that's not what you want. What you do is you wanna have a vision to be like Jesus. You got this vision. He is light. He is holy. I want to be set apart. I want to walk in light. And so you're coming before him. It's a relationship with him. You're saying, okay, help me. Help me. I, I, I want to be more like you. And so you got that vision. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. And I, I love the imagery for me. I love the imagery of the wilderness because so often we feel like we're in a wilderness. We feel like it's hard. feels like it's dark. And if you can imagine that beautiful picture of them going through the wilderness and the fire by night. It's this promise. It's, I'm going to lead you. I want you to just see that. Jesus, light of the world, and he's going to lead you, and he will be faithful to lead you. He will help you. And if you'll just think, I want to keep moving, like I'm not going to stop. So 
gotta open up my heart. Help me to realize, illuminate the path. Help me, show me the step. Show me my next step to be more like you. Help me, what, give me your heart for the poor. Give me, help me to understand where this area of exaggeration exists in my life or help me understand where this area of, of fear of the future or a love of money or just, I just wanna be like you. I just, I, I want you so I'm open. I just open up my heart, show me just, I wanna I want find freedom from this darkness, these things that keep me just bound and I wanna step into light, you are light and go on the journey. If you can think of yourself as always on a journey. A disciple who leaves everything to follow is on a journey. New Testament, Old Testament, you, I'm leaving Egypt. I'm one of God's chosen people. I'm leaving Egypt so that I can go follow him. I'm on a journey. Think journey. And Jesus saved me. And now I'm on this journey and I'm gonna follow him. That's, that's the idea of John 8, 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And once you just get to that dream in your heart, that dream, I'm gonna follow. I, 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 I'm, and I'm tired of the darkness. I don't want it. I want Christ-likeness. And then just one more idea. And I, I, I wanna encourage you to just walk in the light or, or you could say, stay in the light. In other words, put up things in your life that help you not run back to the addiction, the thing that kept you in darkness, that dark life. So many people get into a place of shame. That's why we, that's one of my favorite verses, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame, Psalm 34, five. Those who look to him, why? Because it's about relationship. It's about just Jesus. It's about, I can imagine if you're that woman in that moment and just, you, where are my condemners? And is he gonna condemn me? Is he? No, he's, he's not gonna condemn me. And there's, he's, he's the light. it's not over for me. There's a hope, there's a future. And I I think one of the big things that you can get, if you can get this vision on my journey with Jesus, I'm not going back. I'm gonna stay or walk in the light, have this vision. This is, 1 John 1 says it this way, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. All right, so we have fellowship with him. That's presupposed right there. It's this, I have fellowship with him. Now I have fellowship with other people and it helps me on the journey to be a children of the light. I like the way A.W. Tozer says it, where he says it's the fellowship of the burning heart or the children of the light in his classic book, Pursuit of God. And I wanna invite you to get that vision in your heart, this vision of I am, um, that's why we push small groups so hard around here. That's why we just beat that drum because we know that it's really not some songs on a stage. It helps, but we know that when you've got some comrades, when you've got some relationships, I've been in like men's small groups for my whole life. And I know this is the thing, man, when we're able to connect and help each other. And that fellowship helps you stay in the light. It's one of the ways. Hey, let's talk. If it's just you, well, it's easy to lie. But when you got a circle, come on, talk to me. Let's go. Where are we at? Give me the story. Jesus said, well, as I was dialoguing with Jesus and 
my time with God, the Lord's revealing to me, I got this, I, so will you help me with this issue because I feel like I, I this area of darkness, this, and I wanna walk out of that and I wanna pursue light. And yeah, yeah, bro, come on, let's go, I got you. And I just want you to get that vision so that you don't be some, uh, someone that runs back to darkness. I want you to just get that vision of his mercies are new every morning. He's locking eyes with me. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Day after day after day after day. <laughs> when I was 16, uh, I worked at, in Oklahoma City for a, at a place called Time Out for Burgers. And uh, it had great burgers, but had cockroaches in the kitchen. Yeah. So part of my job was to pull back the different kitchen pieces and all the cockroaches would run. <laughs> it didn't last long. It's not there anymore. <laughs> Those cockroaches were creatures of darkness. When suddenly there's the light, they run to the dark. That's not who you are anymore. That might be who you used to be, but you are a creature of the light children of the light. On your own strength? No. In his light, we see light. I am the light of the world. Jesus is my light. And my old life was, I'm going to run back to that addiction. I'm going to run back to that sin. But I am a different person. I am a new creature. I have new life in Christ. And now, I'm a slave of righteousness, is what Paul says. I, I just, I'm, I've got new life. He's my light. And I run to the light. I don't run to the darkness. And every time you find yourself in that place again, that image, Jesus. You might see here, you might see here. I want you to see love. And if love and mercy and grace is real, then go. You just experience mercy like you is unfathomable. Grace unfathomable. Neither do I condemn you. Now, there's an action item. Go and leave your life of sin. Bow your head with me. We take a moment and just do business with God for one moment. Just ask him, Lord, how are you inviting me to walk in the light? Just right now today, what's one way I can Holy Spirit revealed to me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to walk in the light. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. Today, if you just say, David, I, I want that mercy and that kindness from a Savior. I want to begin a journey with Jesus. I'm not going to bring you forward, but I want to pray for you. I want you to just pray a prayer to begin a journey with Jesus. If that's you, we just raise your hand wherever you're at. I wanna pray with you today. Let's just pray this prayer. Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me, change me. I wanna spend eternity with you. I give you everything. Be the Lord of my life today.